Hello, this is Paul McGann. And this is Jake McGann. And you and are you're listening, listening to, to Travelling the Vortex. Ding dong. We have joined the doctor as he travels the vortex and landed at episode number 246. And we're going to have to wait till next week to talk about series 9. Ah, shove it. Let's do it this week. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Series 9? Series 9. I'm excited. I haven't prepared. <laughs> you didn't get your TARDIS and jump forward a week? I didn't get my TARDIS. I didn't, he can't, Sean had put that on the schedule, so I, I didn't know what I to do. I'm so excited is that I went even further ahead and I watched Ooh. the next 25 seasons. <laughs> well, it's good to know it's going to last. That well, long. the bad news is there was only 10. <laughs> there was there was there were, 20 of those were specials. There right? was 15 years of specials. <laughs> then they did series 10. But boy did it end wonderfully. <laughs> I can't believe they got Jim Parsons to believe the neighbor. That was just kind of nuts. The who? Jim Parsons. Isn't that his name? <laughs> I thought he said the neighbor. Yeah, you said the neighbor. Yeah, that's what threw I me said off. The, Jim, you said the neighbor. The neighbor. Oh, Jim neighbors. <laughs> oh. That's apparently, where my brain went with that. Well, then I thought maybe the doctor lands next door after Penny's moved out, <laughs> and Sheldon still lives in his 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 same apartment. Should have just gone with Sheldon. I'd have been better off. <laughs> Can you imagine, Doctor? Doctor, doctor, <laughs> what? <laughs> Especially if it's still Capaldi, and then the door just dematerializes. <laughs> that was the ending. I can't bring. I cannot believe Capaldi talked him into bringing back the Chumblies, but you know you'll, you'll have to wait and see. I'm ready for the Chumblies to return. I'm not surprised by that. Actually, no, not at all. <laughs> you say you can't believe. I think it's inevitable. <laughs> We're, we're, he set us on a path. <laughs> and, and the sequel that Moffat wrote to Marco Polo. <laughs> it's so awesome that they found those. Thankfully. It's a good thing. Because, you know, that that's that's right now, that's Stephen Moffat's agenda. It's just to <laughs> continue to write episodes, force the BBC's hand. <laughs> Philip Morris has to give them the episodes he's holding on to. BBC has to pay for them so they can put no them matter out the amount. so that people will go back and go, hey, look, this ties into this, and now we can see it. Yep. <laughs> so the prologue was released. <laughs> and if you didn't watch it online, you can watch it on BBC America, who is also going to air a bunch of Fourth Doctor stories So in the lead-up to Series 9. What do you guys think of the prologue? Wait, they're... They're going to air a bunch of Fourth Doctor stories as part of the Doctor Who Takeover Week. Now, did they pick Fourth Doctor stories because they know those are going to be the most popular, most familiar in the United States? Or are they leading up to something that we might see? Who knows? Here are the ones that that they're doing. That is a Genesis of the Daleks and Seeds of Doom one week. And so they're getting, these are two six-parters. Score me! Score me! So they're getting a good chunk of uh, programming out of the way with that. And then the, the following weeks, P- Terror of the Zygons, Pyramids of Mars, and The Hand of Fear. So one of those will at least tie in, too, we know. <laughs> Terror of the Zygons, maybe? Yeah. No, Eldred. Eldred must live. And he does again. <gasps> <laughs> 
Wait, are the Zygons in this season? Zygons are in this season. <laughs> Big rubbery red thing full of suckers. Pizza monsters. Pizza monsters. So the prologue. What did you guys think? It intrigued me. It's hard to get excited about such a small snippet. In- intrigued is a good with word. With no context. Because there, there, there was so much that I wanted to just fling about the house and be <laughs> fanboy <laughs> The doctor's amazed, hanging out on car. You know? Wait, was Brandon Morbius one of the... No. That's interesting. You'd think it would well, be. Well, that blows my theory all the heck. <laughs> um, but yeah, there, there was so much that, that you know... A fan wank. It was just like, oh, he's on card. Oh, it's the Jake from the thing. Oh, it's the, they're talking about you know who. Ah! Well, I wonder but, if they're just talking about you know who. <laughs> At the same time, it's one of those wonderfully written. We said so much without saying anything at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That that's knows? what I got out of it was, and it had some great dialogue. It was, yeah. it was some terrific performances without really kind of. I mean, it what's your appetite for the season? Which it should as a prologue, but it doesn't really give anything away. So that was nice. Capaldi seems like, despite it was very serious and dark, seemed like he was having so much fun while filming it. Just the way the way he acted in it, just it almost came across like well, he he seems this very, is so awesome. He really seems laid back and more sure of himself. Yes, and yeah, maybe even less sure of himself, but in a good, cool way. <laughs> I think it really gave us a taste of what kind of Doctor Capaldi Capaldi is going to be this Capaldi is going to be this season. Yeah. See, I, well, my in my first watch of it, I thought, oh, okay. I think I know who they're talking about. In my second watch, I don't think they are talking they're, about... They're pulling a, a sneaky? I think they're pulling a sneaky. I think they're talking about someone else. Mostly because of the pronoun use. Mm-hmm. So I think now they'd use a different pronoun. Yeah, but she, he's, he's known her as a he more of his life than he has. Yeah, but going back she. and rewatching Death in Heaven the entire time, he never slips up once and calls it, refers to Missy as Did a, you say it? <laughs> calls, never refers to, well, I started to say her, but never refers to her as a he or anything. They never slip up once throughout the entire story. So that makes me think they're, they would be very intentional and very methodical about the pronoun use. It's a good point. So do you I don't think know. you know who else, or I, you just I, think it's somebody I think else? It's, I have an idea. I'm not going to say who, because it's it was somebody that was rumored, but never confirmed. So I'm not going to say who. Uh, you can draw your conclusions there based off of what you know from rumors. But, I don't know anything about rumors. <laughs> and which, it was one rumor that I did not put, I took a lot of salt with. I, I did not put any stake into it at all. So it's kind of like, well, it might be that, or it might just be somebody else. They might be introducing a new longtime foe that they sometimes do, you know? Well, I certainly think that in the back of my mind, when he referred to the master as a he, <laughs> if that's indeed who he was referring to, uh, in the back of my mind, I thought, I wonder if they're trying to make us think that's who is being referenced in this and that there might be somebody else. So oh. I kind of came across it the same way, thinking nah, yeah. the pronoun is questionable there. But. Yeah. Or it could have been a big oversight production-wise. <laughs> Moffat wrote this one, though, didn't he? I think so. So can't see that happening. 
if they were trying to keep her involvement in the first two episodes a secret, then yeah, then yeah, it would make sense that yeah. they would do that. But since they announced it so long ago, <laughs> and there was no way to keep it secret, uh, in theory, they'd have to do a lot of hard work to uh, hide the fact that she was on set. Or telling. Anyway, enjoyable two minutes of uh, film, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even yeah. though it doesn't really go anywhere, it doesn't really say anything, <laughs> they have gr- the quite two, enjoyable. The two actors have great chemistry together. They really, yeah, do. They really do. The only thing that I can think of that kind of lends to what you're saying is the, the, the comment that she makes, of, I've known him all my life, and he's been your enemy for just as long. Or, 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 or nearly all or of it. Nearly, or nearly all of it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's the that's that's what makes you think they are referring to the master. That's what makes me think that they might not be. Oh, okay. Because See, I, I, I again, I have no basis of reference for any of this, but in my head, when the master talks about we were at the academy together, and I know a lot of this is from you know EU bits that I've picked up from books or Big Finish or you know whatever. There, there's a part of me that likes to believe that maybe once upon a time that you know. They were, they were college buddies who went out. Oh, they were. It, oh, they that's were. stated first and foremost in uh, Spearhead. No, not Spearhead. Uh, Terror of the Alpha. Terror of the Alpha. Yeah. But, I mean, just that, that they had a little bit more of that before the master went nuts and <laughs> decided to start killing him. Well, we obviously knew they were friends as children from Sound of Drums when we got that. Do big. we? Yeah. Didn't we? I think I, I tried to think the same thing, and then I, I, I thought, thought maybe did. I was fooling myself because even though the mass, even though the doctor, when he's relating the story of the master to Martha and uh, Captain Jack, he never really says he was there. He just gives the master's well, backstory, and, and I, he just may have known that from maybe I'm remembering being, living on Gallifrey or, and, and knowing who the master was, or having gone to Academy with him. And see, that's, the, that's being friends at the academy, and no, and and understanding, or, or that being divulged to him at that point as well. And so he just knows that about the the master's past. He doesn't necessarily know. He didn't wasn't necessarily there or experience yeah. that. See, I, I got I got the impression in my memory, at least, that he was. They were friends up until the point where they looked into the untempered schism, and then that's when they started going their separate ways. I could be fixing it in my head that no, way. No, because I think at one point in Spearhead, the doc, or, or the Time Lord says you were friends at the Academy or something to that effect, or, or when he was relaying that information to yeah. So I get the impression they were friends at the Academy, and somewhere beyond that is when they kind of parted ways. Oh, okay. I, I may be yeah, misremembering all this. But. Well, and... It's interesting, too, because in The Five Doctors, when Ainley's master meets the first doctor, he says, do I know you, young man? And he says, believe it or not, we were at the Academy together. See, that's what I remember Which, from yeah. Terror of the Autons, was that, that you, you were at the Academy. Is, is that just because he, he's, he's, he's referring to the fact that he has now changed bodies that he's no longer even inhabiting an actual Gallifreyan body versus... That's kind of what I've... I, I, I don't know. There's a, a zillion different ways you could interpret that particular comment. Well, yeah, because, but. I mean, there's, I think there's precedent for us, for the fact that Time Lords will recognize each other despite the fact that they have gone through regeneration. Yeah. However, it does lend to that theory that he wouldn't have recognized him because he had borrowed a body not nece- or stolen a body, not necessarily regenerated. 
So if he had seen the master in any incarnation prior to the uh, Ainley master, then, yeah, he would have recognized him. But he doesn't recognize him because he had stolen a body from somebody who we'll find out later who he stole it from. <laughs> <laughs> I know that At one part. point as well, so... Anyway, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think they. I don't think they told us much. No, they really didn't. <laughs> we know that something happened recently. <laughs> there, there was some stuff and some things, and that's about it. Well, shall we move on then? Our next bit of news, unfortunately, uh, the final issue of the Four Doctors has been delayed. No. Right now, it has been pushed back to September 23rd. So, it's got a couple more weeks to go. As, of, as we record, 10 more days. But, um, it was supposed to come out last Wednesday, so that's two-week delay on it for some reason. We're not sure why, but just so you know, if you went to your comic book store and they didn't have it, hopefully you didn't yell at them and scream at them that you, they didn't pull your issue like they were supposed to. It was not their fault. Keep an eye out on September 23rd. And then our last bit of news. I really wonder why. I'm curious. It, it, it seems very natural to me for Titan it's, to have laid this out the way they did for this issue to have come out this week right before the start of the season Wednesday 9. Before, it, just, it just seemed perfectly timed. And people so could I, go get the comic. They could go see Death in Heaven, Dark Water, in theaters and then be ready for... Series nine when it comes yeah. out. I just I wonder if it was a production problem that they had to you know reprint something or. I would suspect that's probably most likely the case because of the fact that, um, this was calculated to lead up to series nine. So maybe they spoiled something. <laughs> My <laughs> conspiracy theorist mind went that way too, and I thought, nah. It, it's not just a one week delay; it's a two week delay, which would end both of the two parts of the yeah, opener. Which so. maybe it gave something away. <laughs> No, it'd be the only the first part of the opener. Part two airs the twenty sixth. Oh, you're right. right. Okay, right. so maybe it's only the first part of the opener. So, who knows? Who knows? Uh, our last bit of news is there's two bits of Torchwood news, audio wise. Uh, first, in the totally not surprised, I thought this was already announced. Eve, <laughs> Miles, and Kyle Owen are going to be in Torchwood. Forgotten lives. <laughs> so Gwen Cooper. And, oh, Reese Cooper <laughs> uh, are getting a story. And then the other bit of news is that there's gonna, going to be a... Isn't Reese's last name something different? Didn't yeah, you just keep... it is. Okay. <laughs> you <laughs> were doing remember. a uh, Rory Pond there, weren't yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. That's Williams, isn't it? It might be Williams, actually. I think yeah. it's Reese Williams. Yeah, Reese Williams. I thought, I thought that and thought, nope, that's Rory's last name, so I'll just go with hers. Williams is a fairly common name. It's true. And then our last bit of Torchwood news is there will now, before the first series has even come out, they've confirmed that there's going to be a second series for Big Finish. Good. The uh... Currently in pre-production, released for early 2016. And it's going to be... Six stories in uh, in March, starting in March, one month after the first series has concluded. So you won't have to wait long after the end of series one. Uh, what was the one they just released? Uh, was it this week? It was the first one. Was the first one that came out? 
the conspiracy. Apparently getting just rave reviews. Everybody that I have seen um, online that has, uh, you know, is on Facebook that is, you know, they're pumping it up. Everybody has talked about, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and they, they've, they've likened it to pre-Miracle Day Torchwood versus, I mean, it, it is chronologically set after Miracle Day, but it oh, is, it is. Okay. That, that, that's apparently what's happening. But they're, everybody's saying that the tone is more in keeping with what had come before. Very cool. When's that going to get on the schedule, Sean? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> three uh, years from now. <laughs> we, could, we could do that sooner. I mean, no, let's we, do it three are, years from we now. We are current on Torchwood. Let's go ahead so. and do it three years from now. <laughs> well, Series 1 will continue in October with Torchwood Fall to Earth. That's when the next one comes maybe, out. One a month. Maybe we'll do a special after they're all out. We can a series one, we'll, 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 all we'll, of them we'll at once, all, like a, we do a, with a Torchwood. Chunk. Yeah, we can do a chunk of them that way. That'd be a good way to do it. Force Glenn to power through. <laughs> <laughs> Things I do for our listeners. I like Torchwood. I don't know why you don't like Torchwood. That's not that I don't like Torchwood. You don't like. Torchwood. I like you season one liked of Torchwood, Torchwood, and I'm actually encouraged by the fact that they're going to go back to the original tone of the series, but... I really like season two. And Children of Earth was a phenomenal story. It's just... Dark. Yeah. (laughs) That's fine, but it just... I don't know. I just... I I like my Captain Jack a certain way. I like a certain flavor of Captain Jack. He can be any way you want him to be. So, do you like your Captain Jack as he appeared on stage at Dragon Con? <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of funny. And props to you, sir, for being able to pull that. I, out. I yeah. like John Barrowman as a person in any incarnation. <laughs> That's it for news. Well, we can skip right on past our Doctor Who legacy tip. Oh. The week. Because we don't have one this week, so that's our Doctor Who legacy. Tip of the week. Should we move on to feedback, Keith? Let's get feedback, too, because we don't have any feedback. No feedback this week. Well, we're going to... Feedback of the week. We're going to truck right on wait. to our reviews. Review Let's do the comic first the this week. week. Oh, wait. <laughs> wait, no comic? No well, I comic. suppose we should move on to our other review, do we have that this week? We do have that <laughs> okay, this week. Good. Assuming you guys listened to it. I did. And, I didn't. And sh- Well, Sean, at the very least, has heard <laughs> it before. Yes. So. Human resources. Something else I was actually a little angry about. That I, missed. I missed my Doctor Who on Friday Night Who. I missed my audio where you listened. I'm just a little gritchy about all well, that. It's funny, because I listened to this audio story two weeks ago. <laughs> so and I. I didn't have anything to do this week. And so then I thought, well, I'll have the comic book caught up easily. And then we didn't get the comic book. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't have anything to do this week. I don't think so I, I re- did listened any to Doctor Who this week. Because I didn't even, I did join for Planet of Spiders last week. But I, I didn't have anything Doctor Who related to do this week. So No show homework this week. What's real- going on in the world of Doctor <laughs> Who? I think I watched the prequel this week. That's about all I did. I, I, I have a fun story. This was, I meant to mention this earlier. Uh, uh, James, or at Shock the Monkey, as some of you might know him on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, went to uh, Crypticon a couple weeks back. And I finally caught up with him because he had not been to this particular con. And he, he was just discussing the apples and oranges feel of uh, you know what a smaller con is like versus Planet Comic Con. Right? Yeah. Um, and how shocked he was that 
it was that intimate. He had no idea what to expect going into it. And then all of a sudden it's just like there. Um, but he specifically went for Eric Roberts <laughs> to get his, uh, his doctor who's a movie master. And, uh, he, he said he kind of stood there and he was, there he was, and he was feeling a little shell shocked and the handler was like, it's okay. You can come on over. And so, so he picked up the photo and got one of him in the dressing for the occasion. <laughs> As you do, if you're going to get a movie autograph. And, and he told him he's, he's well, like, you're a Doctor Who fan. Yeah. yeah. You're going to get a Doctor Who movie. Eric, yeah. Eric Roberts. So he said, uh, I just wanted to let you know that, um, you know, your version of of the master i felt was just one of one of the best ones he says i really enjoyed it and he says i know there's been talk that i would like to see them in some way shape or form you know bring you back uh, as the master and he says eric roberts lit up and just was the nicest sweetest human being imaginable had a great 10 15 minute discussion with him uh you know just he said he could not have been nicer and then later he, he saw him on his panel and uh, he, he talked about how he felt that he, one of the questions that he asked was he felt that his portrayal of the master was very much spot on with what he remembered from the show uh, younger. And Roberts, again, lit up and he talked about he was in London for something else when he had been approached for the role. And uh, he was familiar with Doctor Who, so he went and did some research and then apparently dropped into the voice and did the master's <laughs> voice on stage because he's like, you know, he's, he's obviously he's taken over this guy's body. So you start off as this character and then all of a sudden you're this guy and just kind of did this whole thing and, and talked about he had nothing but good things to say about it. And apparently oh, it's just an absolute joy to talk to, which makes me wonder if maybe you caught him at a bad time. Maybe I did catch yeah. him at a bad time, despite the fact that everybody else that was, you know, kind of had similar. I, I, I remember one of our maybe listeners commented that they had a different story. Maybe he's turned a corner on his uh, feelings. Toward now, some people do that. Some, some people do. do that. Maybe he's far enough removed and, from and, it and now. Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe with Galley, he felt like also uh, he wasn't getting enough attention because of the other guests. Well, and it could also be at Galley, too, because uh, uh, Seagal was there, because the producer, Philip Seagal, was there. And Seagal had commented on more than one occasion that he, he was not... The two of them didn't get along. He was not an Eric Roberts fan. The studio or the, the, the um, um, Fox was the ones kind of down directing you need to get or Universal, whoever it was that was behind that particular part of the money. You need to have a name in this. You need to get some some star power. Here's a list of people. And Eric Roberts was on that list. And he's like, I don't want to do this. And they kind of foisted him on him. And apparently from the first meeting on, it was just butting heads. Hmm. So then at Galley, when they did the screening with all of the actors uh, doing commentary, it was Seagal who, you know, somebody said, oh, I see Eric's fashionably late. And Seagal commented, he says, I'm here, he won't show up. And so I wonder maybe if that was more in dealing with just the surroundings that Eric decided he didn't want to deal with. That could be. I don't know. But at any rate, so I thought I've always maintained, as, as James pointed out, I've always maintained that I thought that Eric Roberts sort of did an Angley master in, in, in a different way, as yeah. though Angley would have become oh, yeah. an American you know, uh, inhabited America's body and had to kind of reshape the, the way that he acted in his personality and whatnot. But still a lot of that Ainley doctor, which Eric Roberts is probably referring to came across. And even, even some of Delgado's, you know, more kind of debonair attitude approach to the, to the character. And I've always maintained that Eric Roberts, despite an American voice coming out of there, because you've inherited the body of an American, 
Despite that, he's he has an air of Angley's doctor, and I've always maintained that. Absolutely, and I always oh, yeah. I've always enjoyed Eric Roberts as the master. And it wasn't until oh, your wasn't... encounter with him that I <laughs> I kind of went, oh, maybe I don't like Eric Roberts. Anymore. Well, and I, 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 I <laughs> which think... we liked his his portrayal. Yeah, I think all of us have liked his portrayal. He the, just he, he 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 came across as a very person. But I've always enjoyed his portrayal. But no, I wish he would have gone the Crypticon. I'm, well, I'm if, if Eric listens to this show, I want to apologize for myself immediately that if you warmed up so well to questions about being the master at Crypticon, then I have painted in, in my head an entirely different image of you, and I apologize. I don't know that he has, but <laughs> maybe I caught him on a really bad day, and James caught him on a really good day. I don't know. But I just thought I, I thought I would share that story because we. We have been. We, I, I don't think we've ever been critical of his performance. No, no. We never but I, I, I think we may have been a little critical of his attitude yes. in the past. And so I wanted to throw that out there just to let you guys know that here's another side to that that, you know, maybe not. And I think one of our listeners, I don't remember now who, mentioned that they, they didn't have anything bad to report about their encounter with him. Yeah. 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 Um, I but I don't remember who now said that. But um, so anyway, there's that. So well, good on you, Eric Roberts. Well, speaking of the Eighth Doctor's era. Yes. <laughs> Look at that segue for yeah. you. <laughs> Human resources. Did you get a segue? <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Oh. I don't know if it'd go well on the hardwood floors. Dude, it probably go better on the hardwood floors than like I'm, I'm my about, house that's all carpeted. I'm worried about the stairs. <laughs> oh, you would totally traction up your hardwood floors. <laughs> I don't want to do that. No. Yeah, the wheels are, are, are rubber, so you yeah. would you'd, Skid you'd get some grip, but yeah, you'd probably you know, tear them up and You'd have, you'd have black marks all over the place. <laughs> Cody would have to get out of the way. Yeah. If you heard that, uh, he's we got a new rug, and he's making it his now. He likes it. Which, I'm glad. We put it down, and he didn't want to go. I was in the other end of the kitchen, and he walked around it. <laughs> Human resources. Resources. I've resources. never heard anybody say resources before. That's interesting. Resources. Resources? Human resources. That's how they said it in the thing. Resources. resources. Did they? They're, they're ah, British. British. Yeah. <laughs> I get in trouble when I say Z, uh, Z instead of zeros. Or no, Z instead of Z. <laughs> yeah, I can't get out my, my Anglo-Quoquisms on this stuff here. <laughs> That's why you get in trouble. Yeah. Right? <laughs> or schedule. We like schedule. I know you like we, schedule. We like schedule quite a bit. I get in trouble when I say it Americanized. <laughs> I had, I, had a, I had a friend who uh, used to work at... Uh, <laughs> Listeners are going, please get to human resources. Oh, okay, let's get to refueling. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, no. It's a short show this week. We yeah, go no for feedback, it. No feedback, very little news. <laughs> well, he, 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 he fancied himself British. And, and I, I had to keep telling this kid, it's like, look, you, you, you were born in Iowa. <laughs> you could not be any further from, from Britain. And he'd never been, but he just adopted everything and decided that's... Um, you know, that was how it was going to be. And so one day we were at work, this was at Blockbuster, and he says, I'm going to go out back and smoke a fag. And completely threw me <laughs> off. I had to look it up. I was, oh, cigarettes. Yeah. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Human resources. <laughs> Lucy Miller has been headhunted to join the staff at Holbert Logistics, a respectable blue chip firm in Telford. Great prospects, competitive salary. You don't have to be mad to work here, but wasn't she made for better things like traveling by TARDIS through time and space? The doctor, meanwhile, has been fired. 
into a confrontation with the most terrifying of enemies. Dun, dun, dun! I enjoyed... Well, no. <laughs> oh, boy. No, no, no. Here's the caveat. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the first part of this story. Part two, I thought, lacked a lot. And I, nothing against the Cybermen showing up, but... Once the Cybermen showed up, it seemed like the story changed direction. It totally did between parts. And I completely appreciate the conceptualization of this story, but the performances kind of sort of went down. Uh, the meat of the story seemed to kind of just kind of level off, and there was no more. I mean, it was all one amount of energy the entire time. There wasn't this up and down that we had in the first story, which I really enjoyed because it was very roller coastery and you didn't know what was going on. It's very much a mystery. Once the Cybermen show up, then it's kind of just your average run of the mill. We got to stop the Cybermen, you know. And it was kind of well, I, it, it was an interesting you concept that the, it's two, it kind of gets to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was an interesting concept setting up the fact that <laughs> the doctor was responsible for unleashing the <laughs> Cybermen on this in this situation. It just it, it, it at one point I just kind of got into wow this really had this was really good it had a lot of potential and then it became an average story and I don't like that for an end of the season story. Mm. I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> had the Daleks the one been the ones that showed up, you might have had a little I don't, different I, if if it had taken this same approach, I don't know that I would have. I mean I was I would have been it would have been better because I'd have been going, Who is this? This is the Daleks, there they are. But we had the Daleks already this season. That's so true. It's I might have gone Yeah, we've done this, been there, yeah. done that. It was interesting that they bookend this with the season two. with the, the starting off with the dogs and ending with the seven. So. Here, here, here's why the story rocks in a nutshell. Are you ready? Human resources. <laughs> what was clever? I just that's it. That's all you need, <laughs> man. You call your story human resources. And then the Cybermen show up. <laughs> and it's not resources. It's resources. <gasps> Genius. Yeah, and clever. I didn't I, get I'll it. Give, I give them that. Until I, I wish the Cybermen more... showed up and I went, <gasps> <laughs> I had that exact well, it, it works for both. Because you get the, the job stuff. Oh, that's the red the herring. Part, <laughs> it's just, but... yeah, we're in a, I work in a shop. <laughs> Human resources. Okay. And then the Cybermen show up. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like... While a brilliant idea, they didn't follow through with it, with the human resources aspect of it, because they didn't really convert anybody. No, they didn't. They didn't, get well, to, they didn't actually get to use the human resources. They didn't get to that part. I, I liked... They didn't, get to, they didn't get to that part. I, the, the, the first part of it, I, I kind of agree with Glenn, it's, it's totally got a different feel than the second part. In fact, the first one, not to the same degree, but I feel is is almost... Um, Douglas Adams ish. Oh, a little bit because it's this normal office building actually making a fighting machine and not realize it. I mean, it's it's totally it's not done as funnily, right? Funnily, it's not done as funny, but it's an I'll idea. Allow it. <laughs> it's an idea he would use. It, it's that kind of oddball, yeah, off the cuff, which is really what? clever, really cool. Um, and then. The, <laughs> and I love the fact that he didn't come up with this. He just usurped the guy who, who was in charge. It <laughs> doesn't know how anything really works. <laughs> I like the fact that, what's his name? Um, 
Holbert was pretty much inept and incompetent <laughs> at most of what he did. He, you know, the the first time I'd listened to this, I had not yet seen the invasion. Oh, okay. After we watched the invasion, and maybe it's just the Cyberman connection, I kept going, where do I know this guy from? Where do I know this guy from? And I went, oh, that, that audio, that was that guy. <laughs> that, he totally was like that, but not as cool as uh, Vaughn. Well, see, the, but, you know? the, but the difference is Vaughn was working for the Cybermen to bring them. Right. And uh, Holbert was trying to defeat the Cybermen based off of whoever. I, I just felt like from a business standpoint, oh, from a, okay, they were I could see cut that. from the same cloth. Yeah. You yeah. know, but but Holbert... Different just, agendas. Yeah, he, yeah, he just same wasn't, cloth, as, wasn't as good about it. He didn't know what he was going to do. <laughs> he wasn't Holbert was the, Holbert was the scraps. Well, I, I sort of like of the cloth. what I what I liked about Holbert, and I still maintain that this character was pretty much linear through the whole thing. He actually they didn't divert from his no character. he stayed in character the whole time. Yeah, I like the fact that Holbert, when you especially when it's divulged that he kind of took over from somebody else who had kind of started this process in in motion. I love the fact that Holbert really kind of had everything. Calculated out and had it the machine running, literally and figuratively, uh, running very well and had very rarely had any sort of you know problems or implications that caused problems or anything, up until the doctor comes along and becomes the chink in the armor. So I love the fact that this guy seems like he's got a real well-oiled machine going on, and then suddenly the doctor throws a cog in the works and it just kind of goes south from there. Well, and, and I really suddenly, liked that yeah. that measure of the story. I thought that was really, really cool. But then but then it slightly undercut uh, the, some of his great success wasn't because of him. It was because of the Time Lords and the, the Crystallizer. It did. It did kind of under... So, under, under but but that, was, that was also cool because of the fact that... that oh, that's that why was, he's so there was, there was one more element to that because, yeah, he had, again, had this well-oiled machine and then suddenly it was like, oh, well... <laughs> <laughs> That one's a little better here's, oiled. Here's than the why others, it was but. well oiled, and here's why the doctor mucked everything up. You know, <laughs> and, or was able to muck everything. Only, up. only, only the doctor could fail upwards <laughs> through a corporation, as as well as as well as you know, as well as he does. And I, I don't know. I love that. That was and there was so much great dialogue in this, and the fact that the doctor had stumbled up into the hierarchy of this. <laughs> This uh, corporation. And I saw a lot of comparisons that, that they were taking stuff. a page out of the office, especially the British, the UK yeah, version of the bit. office. Yeah. Having not watched it, I, I don't know, bit. but I could see it. And I don't know if it, I don't know if that would have worked with any other doctor. It just oh. eight was <laughs> uh, maybe four. I could see four doing that. I could see five maybe doing it because he's a bit cleaner cut. <laughs> maybe two. <laughs> Well, <laughs> two kind of has the night. <coughs> Look at uh, Trout, the Ice Warriors, or <laughs> Troughton. Though Troughton would have failed upward and then spent the day actually working before he realized what was going on. <laughs> he, he'd have gone back to the TARDIS with Jamie and so he's going, "I've got to do all these reports." Wait a minute. <laughs> the difference between if if four had done it, four would have done it intentionally. Yes, eight or at least claimed that he did it intentionally. Kind of, yeah, or claimed to have done it intentionally. Eight just sort of seemed to be surprised that it was so easy, <laughs> and and humble about the whole thing as well. I Whereas four wouldn't have been humble about it. So well, of course much. I did. Yeah. Shredding documents, <laughs> trying to annoy somebody. 
I figured out it work. I love, I love Paul McGann so much in this. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was really good. Um, but I, yeah, the, the, the second one. Okay, so now we've got the Cybermen, and they're here. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it kind of becomes a standard run of the mill, if you will. Aside from the beginning twist of the Cybermen were, were the ones being oppressed, and then were able to get an upper hand. Yeah, yeah. I think that the, the and thing once that, they get the upper hand is when it does kind of go to run. Of the also, mill. the thing the the thing that it suffers from is, is as you talked about, it didn't just undercut Holbert's character. It under the the, it the, the crystal. Cybermen. What was it called the, uh, the crystallizer? Crystallizer. Something crystallizer. It it, un, it underscores everything that kind of really would happen before because suddenly, you know, well, it's because of the Time Lords meddling and they're trying to get one up over the uh, or the the uh, uh, the Time Lord. Um, the CIA. But, well, they're trying the to high get, council and the, the CIA. high council is trying to get one is trying to one up over the CIA and there's there's this whole and it, and it brings out that whole inner battle that we had going on through both uh, multi, uh, expanded universe and within some of the series as well and so it just it it seemed to be almost like well if they weren't having this little internal power struggle none of this would have come about anyway yeah. and so it was and and I would really what what was the most downer was the fact that. Lucy had this great, wonderful mystery of why did the Time Lords dump her off with the Doctor? Why is he being witness protection? Why? And so I, I wanted a much grander story as to why she was <laughs> and a grander, involved. Yeah, solution. And then suddenly it was like, well, it's because she, you know, is going to become this person, and we don't want that to happen. And and so why would you put her right in the middle of the situation, or or, or allow her timeline to? You know, skew back to be put herself in this situation. I mean, I know the headhunter had something to do with it, but well, but I think that they could have, if they had, if they were manipulating this whole situation up to this point, then it just really, it just really, the ineptness of the Time Lords just (laughs) really glaring in this story. So, do you think if it had been maybe accidental, had it been, I mean, and I think they kind of try to play it off that that's the way. the only clever part about that is the fact that she realizes, or was it she, or was it the doctor? doctor. It was the doctor realizes that Lucy's actually, or not Lucy, Karen. uh, Carol, Karen's actually the, the <laughs> person that they needed. That you know, she should have been traveling with the companion all along because she's the one that's going to become this person. So it was, did it you, was, did you it was very. It, it felt rushed and kind of okay. We're going to kind of resolve things here quickly. Yeah, towards I, the I do agree with I, that. That's it did what feel I didn't a little like rushed. Did you guys think that? Did you walk away with the impression that? The CIA led the time the High Council wrong in thinking that it was Lucy, or that the High Council was just inept and picked up the wrong person. Oh, I didn't get that, but you know what? Now you say that, it kind of the first time it, I, it the makes first, that inner struggle a little better. The first time I listened to it, because I, I wound up listening to this twice just because I wanted something to listen to in the car, um, and I, I thought, oh, well, they're just inept. And then the second time, I thought, well, okay, maybe because. Uh, this Strax's, was a chess piece being yeah, moved Strax's around by CIA. makes a line of, well, maybe they just tried to make us look inept by yeah. pointing us to the wrong person. That's true. I forgot about that. Which makes that one that bit a little uh, bit better. Either, but which, either which, way, the, which the doctor brushes <laughs> off. Which I love that fact that the doctor just kind of brushes it off, like you know, you're still dwelling we, we on this. Yeah, we don't appearance. care about your appearance, and just get get past this. We've got a situation the, to take here's care of. The thing you. is that either way, either the High Council is inept, which I can believe, or the CIA is sneakier than they let on, which, which I, I can believe. believe. Yeah, so. or both, or both, or the High Council is so inept that they. 
CIA can be sneaky without them realizing it and put one over on It seems like we have this this setup for Lucy's character in Blood of the Daleks, parts one and part two, and this mystery behind her. And she gets shoved in to the doctor who begrudgingly takes her along with him. And then they develop this wonderful relationship through over the course of the season. And I really started to really enjoy Lucy's character. Now, it doesn't diminish Lucy's character in these other stories for where we ended up with. However, by making it such a simplistic MacGuffin, it just it it was like this was what this entire season buildup was for was for this. Yeah, for an inner struggle between the CIA and the the High Council. Come on, but. I, I didn't hate this story, and, and and if it wasn't for the doctor's performance, I think Paul McGann's performance that was also consistent consistent through this whole thing, I probably would have gone, oh gosh, that was terrible. But the first story was so well done. The second story was still kind of held held together a bit, but it really kind of felt like just a run of the mill story for me with tampering time lords. Well, I I, th- I do think there was a, some nice added twists. By the end of it, it became a kind of standard. Uh, once once they started infiltrating the robot, the giant robot, it felt more like a standard Cyberman mm-hmm. story. Sure. With a cool device designed just to destroy the Cybermen so we could defeat them easily. Sort of makes me wonder if that this is the reason why the Cybermen decided to create the Cyber King, though. In, oh, I see. <laughs> the one doctor. I, I, I enjoyed the, Next doctor. The, Next doctor. The, the, the twists of the Cybermen's were the, one being suppre- the, being, the ones being oppressed and the doctor inadvertently... Uh, liberates them, and then has to go and fix it. I like that twist to the story, and um, well, I gives love... Paul again another excuse to go stupid, stupid doctor. <laughs> <laughs> well, how would he even know that? That's he, who they're he being, really doesn't though. But that's the that's but the, yeah. that's the era of it. But it, he doesn't. He does really kind of do that. Oh. Well, Man. crap. Well, darn. And then, yeah, okay, well, now uh, now we're into fix mode here. <laughs> Got to fix my mistake. What, what do you guys think of uh, the idea of the quantum crystallizer that the time Quantum crystallizer. Have you, a device yes. that, up, sorry. that allows you to mitigate an outcome. That was another problem I had with it. And the reason being it's, it's is because that's just it. The, the you, you tell me that the... Time Lords have a continuity device and a, what do you call it? Crystallizer? A quantum, a quantum crystallizer. Quantum crystallizer. I looked And they up. have a reality bomb. And they have, they have all these, they don't have a reality bomb, but they, they have all of these different things and they couldn't get past the stalemate of the Time War. <laughs> <laughs> it took the moment, which they also had in their arsenal. It's, it's almost like they... It's almost D-Mat like we, D Mac gun was one of them. We we it almost gets to this point where that yeah that was why I was thinking uh, the D Mac gun. It it's almost like they they uh, think stories like this make me grateful that Russell T Davies came along and said you know what we're going to have a time <laughs> war we're going to get rid of the time lords and then we're going to just have the doctor on his own so we don't have to worry about all this mess that's going on because. Authors and creators and writers continue to bring up these things that really elevate the Time Lords to this level of, you know, we all should be scared of them because they've got these devices that I'm surprised they haven't used on anybody because if you can manipulate the outcome of something based on a quantum crystallizer, 
mitigate an outcome based on a quantum crystallizer. Why don't you just use that in every situation? Quit picking the doctor up to fix your stuff. Use <laughs> quantum crystallizer and just just fix it that way. I mean, but it, but it goes to show also how inept overall the time lords are is the fact that they need the doctor to come well, in and do these yeah, things because they, maybe, maybe even this with is these a new great thing devices, too. And that's the problem it. is it, it it just continues to lend to the ineptness of the time lords, <laughs> which I think that the, the the series was getting to that point anyway, and yeah. I think that that's why Russell came in and said, okay. RTD says, okay, we're just going to wipe out the Time Lords all together. And so now it, I, I'm, on this, I'm on this fence as to bringing the Time Lords back now because I sort of think Russell did that for a calculated reason. And then Moffat goes back and kind of says, okay, I'm going to rewrite that so we can get the Time Lords back here. So then I'm excited because I'm like, oh, I the Time Lords are back, you know. And, and, and okay, I sort of remember liking the Time Lords. And then, and then things like this happen. And I go, no, maybe I didn't like the Time Lords as much <laughs> as I thought I remembered liking the Time Lords. See, and I then, think the Time and Lords would be a great Deadly adversary. Assassin, and I say, well, the, the Time Lords are a great vehicle in order to, you know, make this struggle between the Time Lords and the Doctor. And the reason – it gives the, justifies the reason why the Doctor ran away. And – then I see, you know, DMAC guns, and I go, I, I, you know, I don't know about that. And it's just, it's, <laughs> I've got this inner struggle now with whether I think the Time Lords are good for Doctor Who or they're not good for Doctor Who. And then I read, you know, the 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 novel, the uh, Engines of War. No, um, that was good. That was that that was a good use of the Time Lords. But um, oh, well, I just read it. It was uh, Cat's Cradle times Crucible, which. Um, was was this wonderful like giving some backstory and history of Rassilon and the Time Lords, and I thought, oh, this is good. I, I'm 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 eating this up, and and <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused. It's not, not unlike human history. <laughs> yeah, we, good we, point. We've got art. We've got music. We've got this. Is all great. World War Two. That kind of sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. <laughs> I don't know. I just I, I like the idea that the Time Lords come up with these new things because in my mind the, the, the quantum crystal is not something they've had before. This is a relatively new. And luckily, it burns out and they can't use it again. Well, unless they make a new one. They had several. Well, yeah. Because she had one, and that, that's that's why they because they they used one to affect Lucy's timeline. So no, Karens. Karens. No, it started off as they were using one against Lucy. That that was the deal. Well, they were using one against Lucy, but it they, they it it was it was setting forth Lucy's timeline, but they had the wrong person. Right, but that that was the oh, deal. I, I got the impression that they had actually tweaked Karen's timeline all along. Oh, see, and that. They just picked up. They just picked up the wrong person. No, no, no. That the it was, CIA no, no, was no, 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 tweaking no. this person's timeline no, no, already. No. Well, the, 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 the CIA was yes, but okay. no, they were they were tweaking Lucy's timeline. But it wasn't until later that so the, so that, the High Council was doing that, Lucy. Was, and, what was the guy's name? Straxon. Straxus. Straxus says you know makes that comment about maybe they duped us into picking up. I yeah, I don't I don't know. Go ahead. Sean. <laughs> the. Um, the CIA predicted that Lucy would become this dictator. Yes. That yes. would interfere with mankind's progress. Well, they, 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 they predicted someone. Well, they, they thought it was Lucy. So they used a crystallizer to alter her past. And they'd kind of been nudging her in certain directions. But eventually they got to the point when they realized that she was going to wind up at this... Because I mean, they had altered... We don't know. She obviously didn't become the dictator. She was going to go be a temp and work in this company. And then all of a sudden they realized, oh, crap, this is the company that we're, we've got this thing with the Cybermen going on. 
and there's another crystallizer there. So they okay, were afraid. So there is more than one. Right. But, however, that is Karen they're talking about because the crystallizer didn't, it, it, it it didn't was, have an effect on Lucy. Well, but that's it did why, on Karen. But that's why they sent the doctor to pick Lucy up or the, why they sent her to the, the TARDIS. They had to remove her from her timeline so that she didn't wind up there. But then it happened anyway because of the headhunter and uh, the other forces that were at work. That was the intent. Ah, now the- I'm more confused. <laughs> see, I, I, don't, I don't think... That's not what see, I got out of it at all. <laughs> see, what I got out of it was it was Karen the whole time that they were tweaking and changing. Well, Karen was and, the one that they didn't realize was the one that they were at. Yeah, who did? The Time Lords. The, 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 the High Council. Learned, the, the, the High, high Council, Council didn't, the right. CIA but the CIA along, knew all along. And the I CIA think that was, tweaked her, Karen's timeline. Because yeah, that was when Lucy picked Keith's up the point. crystallizer... Nothing happened, and that's how they realized it was Karen. Was the effect the crystallizer had uh, on? Her. Yes, yeah. That's what I kind of got out of. Yeah, it. yeah. Okay. So it was the don't no, no. Lucy's only involvement in the entire thing is that High Council picking the wrong person to pull out. Karen was always where she needed. Okay, to be. so then she didn't affect Lucy. They just right, okay, right. Okay, you're right. right. You're right. It was all Karen that they were influencing exactly. with the crystallizer. Yeah, and then they and then Karen got so and just, they, so just they all, should, of, they all should. of that just replaced Lucy with Karen, and that's correct. Right. Yeah, yeah. they should have picked up Karen. Yes, and taken yes. her to the TARDIS so that she wouldn't have wound up here on this day. Although apparently yeah. she would have anyway. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> because of the head. Ah, my head hurts. <laughs> What did you guys think of the resolution of the headhunter? Like, you got teased with her for so long throughout the series, and it's like, really? That's it? She's a headhunter. <laughs> yeah, but I got the impression she, she's, she's a probably coming back. Yeah, yeah well, back. that was the other thing is, yeah, I, I, the headhunter was another mysterious character that we had set up, and we were kind of just dropping in here or there, and we knew that she was trying to track down Lucy. And then suddenly, yeah, she just ends up being a mercenary. And I was like, Paid by Holberts to go find her because another strike against the second part of this story. See, I kind of actually liked that. I, actually, I, that was the we first get part. we get that in the first. I, part. I, I liked the, but I had I, I kind of think I had sorry I think I had kind of hoped that that was a red herring that they were giving mm-hmm. us that and then they would go aha wait no she's really somebody different she's really some she really has a, a different purpose here and that's why she's been so mysterious mm-hmm. but then it was like no <laughs> I liked that I it, it reminded me of Boba Fett. See, and I don't like Boba Fett. So. See, I like, I like Boba Fett, and I like Boba Fett the less I know about him. The more I, I agree learn, that part. The, like the more I learn about Boba Fett, the less cool he becomes. And so I kind of liked the fact that we had this mysterious person who, the headhunter, and she's okay. And then it turns out that she's, she's, she's basically a headhunter. She's a bounty hunter, and she's, and she's a mercenary. And so when, when she is you know backed into that corner, it's like, well, now what? She's like... Well, now I'm going to help you because I don't want the Cybermen to win. Right. I like <laughs> characters that are very basic with their. You I know, like that aspect. I, of it, I don't yeah. have to have ten different machinations going on because this is the important one. <laughs> I can't let them win. So yes, absolutely, I'm on your side for now. Yeah. And I like it when you can do that with with somebody and just like okay. They, but they could have done that and given her a bit more mystery instead. You're of like just low being scruples and high advantage is what you. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's you know. You, you can give somebody schemes and plans and wheels within wheels and all that kind of stuff, but then sometimes it's nice just to be able to deal with this garden variety criminal, yeah, who is still in a weird way ethical. Yeah. It's their own set of ethics, yeah. but, you know. There's that versus the you know the megalomaniac Davros. There's you you can't deal with Davros. He's got one speed and it's all out. And yes, he's devious and he's all, but it's to the point where. 
you you know whatever he's cooked up is going to be so beyond over the top of what you can think of that you're already in trouble just yeah. by the fact that he's in the story. <laughs> you know he's shooting for the stars. You just don't know how he's getting there. Exactly. Yeah. But versus a Salwan Glitz who's going to be like, ah, I'm not so sure about you. Yeah, I think that's so, what appeals to me about Salwan Glitz yeah. is the fact that you know it's he's just that way too. He's yeah. going to kind of yeah, he's he's very much like the headhunter. But the thing about the same I like thing about characterization. I just wish there yeah, was more to the it. The thing about the Savlon Glitz character, though, is we are told up front who and who he is <laughs> and what he's like. Yeah. Whereas this one, we're built, we're we're building some sort of like mystery around her, and then we're dumped with the this is what she's like, and so then it's like then you've kind of cheapened everything you've done with her before. You've kind of cheapened all this mystery because then suddenly eh, she's just this kind of average run-of-the-mill mercenary that's going to pick sides. Uh, you know, whoever's winning, she's going to pick that side. So. Well, and if it weren't for the credits, we throughout all the first parts of the first stories, we wouldn't have known she was called the headhunter. That's yeah. true. So story context-wise, it's hinted that she's something more than she is. You just substitute head with bounty and... You- Got her. You've got her character yep. in a nutshell. Um, I don't know. I, I, I liked the there was that episode. Now again, I'm also coming with this from not being as fresh on it as you guys are. <laughs> so I will I will freely admit that maybe the, the annals of time, I'm putting on my rose colored glasses and what I remember this one being like. I, will, I, w- I was disappointed when I revealed when they revealed who she was. But then I enjoyed her characterization after that fact. I remember you having you you being on a real high after you watched or watch after you listened to it when you initially did three or four years ago, and so I don't I, I mean I don't think you're recalling your initial impression of it at all because you were very oh I can't wait till we get to this you guys will love it and it was after you'd heard both episodes. But I also have heard the following three seasons. So sure, I, I, sure. <laughs> I have insider information. <laughs> and, not, and not that there's... A, I, I don't want to build it up for you. There's not, I don't want to say that there's anything super huge that this episode pivots on later, but just that there is more of these characters yeah. in the story. Well, yeah, and so. I, well we get, you get the impression at the end of it that the headhunter and Karen's coming back. And obviously Lucy's coming back. Yeah. So, yeah. Anything that, that they did in this story was not, not near as bad as some of the stories that we spent in the Divergent universe. So <laughs> I, uh, this, this already gets you know, high marks for me just based on all of the Eighth Doctor's material that we've listened to Glenn so gets far. His, his Eighth Doctor Big Finish audio checklist out. Divergent universe, yes or no? No. <laughs> there's some divergent uni- there's some divergent universe that gets high ratings, but there's a good chunk of it that really kind of knocks the entire story arc. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm right there. Uh, I don't know if I brought this up last time we did. Uh, I think it was probably the girl who never was. I love how Big Finish does the Cybermen voices. I absolutely love it. Uh, the the mesh between Tenth Planet and Second Doctor. Well, I think they're even. Voices. I think it's even more so in this story. This, and yeah. did you listen to the Beyond the Vortex uh, no, specials I, that I, were I, I on? The, they were accompanying these. The interesting thing is Nicholas Briggs talked about how when he was invited to do the Cybermen voices for Age of Steel and um, Rise of the Cybermen, he approached it first with the Cybermen voices um, from the 10th Planet era. <laughs> and they said, that sounds fantastic, but we can't have it so high-pitched. And so what he did is he brought it down, 
and and still did a variation of the Tenth Planet style, but gave it more of the David Banks era sound for uh, the television series. But he felt like he had sort of brought it down so too much, so that when he came to this one, he then again reinduced the reintroduced <laughs> the idea of let's go clear back and do the Tenth Planet uh, Cybermen. And was again said, we can't have this really high pitched. But so what he did is he brought it down to a level where it became a perfect meld of yeah. both of those sides of the Cybermen. So you really still get that 10th uh, planet cadence of the Cybermen's voice and a bit of that, that electronicized sound. But you also get a more normalized voice pattern so that it is... First of all, recognizable. It doesn't <laughs> make it sound like a, a, a comic book or not comic book, a cartoon character. So yeah. I, I thought that was quite interesting. That okay, that so, was, so this was the first one on. where he did that more. Well, I got because the I, I no, remember, I got the impression he had already done some okay, Cyberman stories within the main range. I, I remember the girl but, who never was. There was the bonus material with that where he talked about wanting to try to invoke. Uh, Invasion and to he did. the Cybermen he did. sounds yes. from them. He so. did, and then and this, what, that's what he was saying. But on this one, it's he he swung more. back even more towards the more Tenth Planet uh, Cybermen than he had even done before. So. I think it also not which the, and it makes sense for the Cybermen timeline of where right. they put this in the Cybermen yeah. sto- yeah. to- uh, story because it's very obviously post Tenth Planet and Invasion. Well, because they don't know what uh, Telos. But they don't know is what yet. Telos is. They so know what Mondas is. It's, it's so. prior to. Well, certainly prior to the Doctor's time. Which makes before. sense why he wanted to go back to that 10th Planet style yeah. of voice. And so the compromise was... And but so you do get a lot more 10th I, I, Planet I love style. the compromise that they came to in this. It sounds so great. Because you and I talked about how great we thought the Cybermen sounded in 10th Planet. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And this is just the perfect meld. I hope... I'm going to be disappointed in any other big Finnish audio now that have Cybermen isn't this voice. Well, it makes me wonder, though... <laughs> Even if it's later in their timeline. It, it makes me wonder, though, is if, if beyond this, when... When, uh, when it's... When he finally landed on this voice, I wonder if he was able to keep to carry this voice on. Because even in um, uh, what was it, uh, spare parts, we got the tenth planet style uh, outside yeah. of the voice with a little bit higher pitched sound. So, but again, that's, that's because the, it's leading yeah. up to tenth planet, so it's prior to that. So, and it wasn't everybody. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe it was. Uh, maybe I fell into the the, the fanboying trap with this one because I just. <laughs> I say you, you had the clever pun at the in the title, so you had me at hello, and then Cybermen showed up, and so that was all ooh cool, and uh, you you had the time ring, a time ring show back up, so that was the latest thing. model, uh, and you know just just all of those that little yeah. nods that were like oh they did that oh, they oh did I that. I'm right along there with you going oh hey hey there's that oh hey look what they did here, and Cybermen showed up and I went hey eh, Cybermen story okay. <laughs> But hey, it was the doctor's fault. Yay! <laughs> well, it's also an Eddie Robson. What uh, else has he done? I haven't looked. Um, he did Memory Lane. Uh, I like that one. Which you I think guys we all didn't enjoy it as much. And then uh, Phobos from earlier in this uh, this run with the, yeah, uh, yeah. the um, was the planet where or the yeah thrill, the, seek. thrill well, seekers. That was yeah. a rewrite. According to Moon, Wiki. I suppose it was. Oh, really? It was a rewrite of somebody else's script for Phobos. Oh, well, he's credited with it as in his uh, Wikipedia uh, bibliography. Well, if he rewrote it, then um, obviously he lended the, the, the voice and style yeah. that we had there eventually. Um, he's done a bunch more that we have not yet listened to, um, including several of the Eighth Doctor ones coming up. And he did several uh, Bernie Summerfield ones. And so, yeah. 
more along the way. Uh, it didn't diminish my excitement for the Eighth Doctor uh, stories at all. In fact, I think I'm, I'm still thoroughly enjoying them. Uh, and we'll continue to enjoy them as long as the storytelling and the writing and the performances are as spot on as I think they've been for the most part. Agreed. What we got coming up on the schedule? Well, next week on the schedule, um, a slight change in the programming. If you are a, a, a regular who follows along for Friday Night Who, Friday Night Who next week, or this week, will be a special Saturday morning, morning. edition of Friday Night <laughs> Who. Uh, it will be Saturday morning at, uh, I think I had tweeted out um, 11 uh, last night, and it, I apologize for that. It is actually, if I'm looking at the schedule here correctly, 10.30. Is that right? I haven't looked at the schedule, so I don't know. <laughs> it's at 10.30. Again, I said, Sean takes care of the schedule. As long as he puts me in the right place, I'm golden. <laughs> now, now I'm kind of worrying about the trust that I've put in him <laughs> scheduling. Well, he didn't schedule this. this no, this, this but is the thing. he's I in charge of our this. schedule based on other scheduling. So I'm... Go, go up to events. There will be right a, there. Click that. There will be a post on our website Friday. Now scroll down. Having the definite time for sure. I, as I am, I'm, as I am understanding, I'm pulling this from the TopCon website because we will be at TopCon this weekend. And as I am reading this, this is what I understand this to be: is at 10:30 a.m. on Saturday that we are doing the rescue, and so that's when we will do the official Friday night who on Saturday morning at 11:10:30. Um, but check check that over just to make sure that's that what I'm I looking. see here too. Okay, that's but the PDF I looked at earlier said 11, so we might need to reach out and confirm. Okay. Um, and then of course, uh, you know, the, the big news <laughs> doesn't really, doesn't, doesn't really matter what we're watching for Friday night who this week, because no, we're not going to be talking about it. We're going to be talking about TopCon. And if you're in the Topeka area, you should definitely come down and see us. And there's a, uh, a Whovian meetup on Friday that we're going to be a part of. And we're going to obviously be doing the fr uh, Friday night who on Saturday morning there. And then we're going to be doing a panel uh, and uh, talking and, I don't know, maybe live podcasting, if we can figure that out. I don't know. We're going to be doing all kinds of cool <laughs> stuff. But Saturday night is where it's at because Saturday night is season nine, The Magician's Apprentice. Our podcast is a live recording of the podcast. We're not actually going to be on streaming live we at could, that though. time. No, we can't. So we're not <laughs> going to do that. So. We're not set up for we that, It will Sean. be a live it would be recorded in front of a live studio audience. Well, we, we could get on Twitch and send it out live, couldn't we? No, we can't. So quit oh. saying that. <laughs> Ever? Maybe someday down the road, yes. We'll figure that out, Glenn. You've got a week? Yeah. Anyway. No, that's why it's not going to happen this week. <laughs> so uh, uh, Magician's Apprentice Saturday night, uh, which of course will be our show. Uh, for for next week, we will be covering all the all the goodies that uh, that happened and uh, transpired at TopCon, which we certainly hope that you can join us there. Uh, but we will also be talking in a nauseating amount of depth uh, about uh, season nine's start. And no, I don't have anything posted beyond that because I'm kind of still waiting for confirmation from the BBC that there are more episodes coming. <laughs> <laughs> so far, I've only got the date and time, which I guess was another news article that they confirmed the the time. In the UK. In the UK, but uh, it doesn't affect us here because it'll be 9 o'clock on BBC America. But um, Actually, you'll know when to start avoiding social media. So it's, you'll know <laughs> <it's> <laughs> you live in the United you States. Make sure you do some calculations. And, and you, you know the time that it will be starting in the UK. 
then you know that it will be time to start avoiding social media at that time. That, 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 be is, that is the six hour difference. part of that, uh, of that uh, lineup. So, yes, I will get uh, more scheduling posted. We're, we're hoping to maybe not necessarily pair up. Well, no, I'm always hoping to pair up. As as we've done in, in years past when the new series starts, we like to try and in some way, shape, or form tie in with what we're watching for Friday Night Who with things that we've already reviewed. And I'm very much wanting to do that, but until I kind of sort of have an inkling with some episode titles, I don't know. And so um, I have a schedule that's put together that could be scrapped at a moment's notice in case they give me a different well, title. We, than what we, we can start posting a few at a time. Yeah, and, and we might have That way to. some people so. know. I like the idea of doing two-parters. I can't go any further than that. So <laughs> Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but it's as soon as we know, you will know, faithful, faithful listener. And uh, obviously, if you are a faithful listener, thank you very much for that. If you're a new listener and not so faithful, well, thank you for that, too. And we hope you uh, enjoy the, the, the ramblings that uh, go on here at Traveling the Vortex. And if you enjoy them immensely, please feel free to donate to our Patreon account. Because while uh, the podcast itself is free, the support of the podcast is not. <laughs> we have a lot of things that we need to do on the back end that uh, that go into this. So. We have to refill the coffers, so we will be doing a pledge drive soon. <laughs> <laughs> I printed the last bit of uh, goodie bags for our, our current run of patron subscribers. I promised last week they would go out in the mail soon, and I can reiterate that they are being assembled uh, by our crack team of... Uh, of uh, Martian slaves that we have, we have Martian slaves. We have Martian slaves. Huh. Very thin fingers that they can. They didn't have anything to do after the ice warriors froze over. Yeah. <laughs> They're actually elves. Don't tell Glenn. He'll go all fanboy Santa on us. <laughs> and uh, so they are. They you stole like, Santa's elves. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they do in their off season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to get done before Christmas. <laughs> anyway, once the holidays hit, <laughs> That's why they keep pushing. Halloween earlier and earlier and earlier. <laughs> so they get Christmas earlier and earlier. But I've got them locked down until yeah. the end of September. <laughs> so I'm taking full advantage of those elves, man. Santa outsources the elves the rest of the year. Yeah. Well, he only runs a skeleton crew over the summer. Well, right? sure. well, you don't well he's on vacation over the summer. He's sunning on the beach. You know? yeah. Anyway, uh, so that'll go out. <laughs> but if, you would like to, uh, if you'd like to be one of those awesome Patreon supporters um, and maybe get in on the next round of amazing... Uh, thank you gifts. Um, I'm going to say it. I think these are amazing thank you gifts. You're in if they, of the thank you gifts. If they showed up <laughs> in my you. mailbox, I would feel so loved. I it's think these are cool. I'm not, yeah. I'm not underselling your credit. I'm just underselling the fact that now you've promised the next round that they're going to get something amazing too. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> now he's back. There. If you're if you're wary of Patreon, there's always our. Uh, our Spreadshirt store or our Amazon or Entertainment Earth or I any really of those sites. I really should order that shirt, shouldn't I? You should I have. I'll have to wear that next week. <laughs> uh, yeah, another con. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, you can follow us on all the, the social media outlets. Um, not so much on the Google. Uh, <laughs> whatever that is anymore. Whatever that is. You don't even remember it's, what it it's is. Still Google Plus. It's still it's, Google+. It's still Google+. Is it still up? It's, it's so, still up. so far removed from his mind that he even forgot the plus. <laughs> plus what? Plus nothing. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. 
No infringement is intended or implied.